Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I've used this metaphor a few times the past couple days, and I kind of enjoy it, so bear with me. I have a car that I'm trying to sell. I want 50000 That's what I want for the car. And everybody who comes and looks at it, they come back, and no one's offered more than $30,000 for it. Doesn't matter that I want fifty. dollars $30,000 is the number. At some point, i got to make that decision. Lamar Jackson refuses to sell his car. And that's fine, but until you sell it, you're stuck with it. Well, I definitely wouldn't pay $50,000 for that car. The door <laughs> yeah, falling off the hinges, a sign that you're getting screwed if someone's looking for 50000 And here's why I do that from time to time. This goes back to when I used to like have to convince juries to go along with my way of thinking. Nothing helps make a point better than some basic yeah, example right. that relates to the real life of everyone. And you take a complex concept, and if you can boil it down into a simple explanation like that, that gets people to understand. And that's part of the challenge. When you're getting ready to do your closing argument, usually it's something that you weave into your closing argument. You come up with a way, you come up with an example like that to try to get people to see things your way. And uh, then you find out whether or not it worked. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet. But you're right. It is a great – what you did the other day was – you know, that was a great way to kind of lay it out there and make it, you know, uh, understandable. Is that a word? Understandable? Uh, yeah. But either way, yes. yeah, you made it You made it easy to, you know, you laid it out there in an easy way that was easy to digest. That's for sure. So I, I, I like those. I don't you don't even get, you don't even get accidental scholar for understandable. I, I mean, it's, that's not even remotely a questionable word. Like usually... Usually, that's just basic English. It is. No, I don't like know why it didn't grade. sound right coming out of my mouth in that context. So that's where I was like, wait, is it my, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's like, it's still foggy. It's 7.50 in the morning. I'm still waking up. Not everything's flushed out of my brain yet here. You know, we were waiting after the Super Bowl, at least I was, for news that Jalen Hurts had shoulder surgery because yeah. of the injury he suffered against the Bears that caused him to miss a few games. There was a question of how healthy he was. And it just felt like, like with the Patrick Mahomes turf toe from a few years ago, oh, right after the Super Bowl, he's going to have surgical repair. Right. And as far as we know, he hasn't. What we do know, reportedly, he had hardware removed from the ankle, set for full participation in the offseason. The hardware was inserted in 2018 after he had a high ankle sprain while at Alabama. He's expected to be a full participant again in this year's offseason program. And another reason to be a full participant, he's got his contract. Now, the contract still isn't finalized because I've been pressing on... Uh, all of the various sources I have to get the full details. I want the full details. The contract isn't signed yet. It's not finalized yet. There's no reason to think it won't be, but by the end of the week, we should have the, the full numbers. It should be done by then. Right. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm sure there's little minor details that are 
you know, maybe still getting figured out, whatever. But yeah, it's a it's in the bag. I mean, the, they didn't release this to the public to then then rescind it and go back to the drawing board there. Uh, so that that's uh, you know that's coming. I'm sure the press conference and then hey, as far as the you know the hardware and the ankle, that's a new one for me right there. I mean, again, it goes back to a little what we talked about yesterday. That high ankle sprain can linger forever, right? We were talking about that with Patrick Mahomes. Here's a guy that got one and had, you know, I've heard of hardware inserted. I guess I haven't heard of it being, you know, taken out four or five years later. That's a new one to me there. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it certainly seems like there's no concern or anything, but it's it's definitely weird or a little different for, for me. I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody not that long ago that had an issue like that. Oh, it was Trey Lance. Trey Lance had to have the hardware removed, removed. from right. his ankle. Right, because it can irritate. It can become an issue, and for Hertz, apparently, it was becoming an irritation. I can't imagine having hardware yeah, in any joint. I mean, it's just odd right. to think. And to be able to go out and, and perform at the highest possible level, run the way that he runs, you take that out of there and it heals up, maybe he'll, he'll be even better yeah. than he was. It's scary thought for whoever has to play the Eagles this year. So... um. I've been very curious about the Lamar Jackson offer that was made right. last August that he didn't accept. And we've seen bits and pieces selectively leaked by Lamar Jackson's camp or by the NFL Players Association to make it look like the Ravens were being unreasonable, to make it look like the Ravens were trying to screw Lamar Jackson with an unsuitable offer. And what I've done in the aftermath of the Jalen Hurts contract. I've looked at everything that's out there. Yeah. I've I've gathered more information as delicately as I possibly can. And even though I still don't have the full terms of the Lamar Jackson offer that was rejected in August, I got to a point yesterday where I was extremely comfortable. And I've been comfortable with the knowledge, but I had to be comfortable with going forward with the information that Everything's appropriate to go forward with. I've got all the clearances from the people who I've obtained the information from. And we did a little comparison of what Lamar Jackson said no to and what Jalen Hurts said yes to. And this isn't for editorial purposes, at least for now. This is just facts. This is comparing facts. These are accurate, factual representations of the Jalen Hurts deal and the Lamar Jackson offer. So we've got several categories that we're going to compare this on. And let's start with the average new money per year. $51 million for Hertz, $50 million for Lamar Jackson. And remember this. Remember this. Um, we're setting aside what Jalen Hurts was going to make in the final year of his contract, $4.3 million. And we're setting aside the $23.5 million that Lamar Jackson was due to make as his fifth-year option. This is the new money, the five-year extension. They both were offered five-year extensions. So the new money on the five-year extension for Hertz, $51 million per year, and for Jackson, $50 million per year. So, okay, yeah, the, the Hertz deal, based on that metric, a little bit better. Total injury guarantees. That's the total amount of the guarantees that apply if you have a career-ending injury and you can't play. That's the money it's signing. $180 million for Jalen Hurts, $175 million for Lamar Jackson. Again, check to Hurts. A little bit better. Here's where it gets interesting. The full guarantee at signing. The full guarantee. Now, this takes everything into account. This, this is where the five-year deal becomes the six-year deal and the money you were due to make spills into it. But still, the moment you sign, Jalen Hurts, $110 million. Lamar Jackson, $133 million. Fully guaranteed the moment you sign. Then, here's the key, and here's why if I'm Lamar Jackson, I say no to the Jalen Hurts offer, and maybe I should have said yes, would have said yes to the offer that was made by the Ravens. That, And we've talked about this before, Chris. Yeah. How much becomes vested is fully guaranteed right. after one year? March of 23, when they ain't going to cut you after giving you $133 million fully guaranteed at signing months before that. They're not cutting you in March. You're getting that extra amount. For Hertz, it's another 16.5. Look at look at the number. Yeah. It's not a typo. 35 million more. It was 168 million practical guarantee 
at signing that Lamar said no to. Hertz said yes to 126.5, practical guarantee. What will vest by March of 24 when they aren't going to cut him after one year? That's key. And then look at the cash flow. By the end of year one, Hertz is getting 60, Lamar 87.6. So, so if you put the same offer in front of Lamar Jackson that Jalen Hurts said yes to, my guess is he'd say no. Right. Going back to August of last year, looking at those numbers, given where the market is, given what Jalen Hurts got, should Lamar Jackson have said yes? I don't think there can be a serious debate on that point. I don't think so either, right? I mean, if I would still, even the way it just shakes out right there, you know, I would still rather have the Lamar... I'd rather have the money in the bag, the money in the pocket those first two years, and I like some of those numbers better, even though, oh, a total injury guarantees, you know, the $1 million more base per year, whatever, right? But, you know, as far as Lamar is, yeah, those bottom those bottom three lines certainly were victory for Lamar when it came to full guarantee at signing, practical guarantee, and then received by, you know, the end of year one, yes, now what I want to do what I want to say is if that was the deal and now Lamar's looking at this Mike does he look at it and go wait those top 2 lines the base per year they got to go up yeah, they got to go up guys sorry Jalen's above me and Jalen ain't me so you know I don't you know it's like did this did this make the situation easier or harder for Baltimore what's your assessment on that or in this whole situation I think it makes it harder. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. And not that it was going to be easy. Right. Nothing was going to make it easier. Yeah. What's going to make it easier? A, a, a deal that one of these other quarterbacks, whether it's Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or someone else does, that is so good for the player that it's undeniable, and Lamar Jackson is willing to take that deal, and, and it's finally over. I, I, I don't know. I don't think anything makes it easier at this point. But since the Deshaun Watson contract from last year – We've now got three high-end quarterback contracts. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and now Jalen Hurts. And none of them are fully guaranteed at signing. That ship has sailed. With each passing deal that is done by a high-end quarterback that isn't even remotely close to fully guaranteed, the Deshaun Watson deal was the aberration. It's not happening. So common sense, I don't know, has ever really been part of this process and again, it's why you need to have an agent who can understand how it works, how it fits together, how to properly advise you on what you should or shouldn't do. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, yeah, I'd be very interested in putting that offer back on the table and maybe making some cosmetic changes exactly. to it. And remember, right. And it, this is the difference between new money and value with signing. There is no old money for Lamar Jackson. Whatever he signs, it's like the Dak Prescott deal from a couple of years ago. The value at signing and new money are the same. So... To get to fifty-one million a year, it's got to be a straight fifty-one million per year at signing, not forty-three million per year at signing like Jalen Hurts got. So right. it would be a significant deal at this point. But th- there's a way to take the Hurts deal and the offer from last year and mash it together right. and turn and it into it an acceptable contract. Agreed. There's a way to do it if Lamar Jackson would hire an agent right now, yeah. or get Odell Beckham Jr. To be his agent. And, and, and you know, we, we joked about it last week, and there was something during the press conference on Thursday that made me think, maybe there is something to this. But maybe OBJ is the guy who could, with the help of his own agent, because it's in Beckham's interest to have Lamar Jackson there. Oh, definitely. With the help of his own agent, cobble together a package and make the case to the Ravens and to Jackson as to why this is what they should do. Oh, I would love that. You know, I really, I would. Again, you know, we, we want Lamar to get paid, right? We do, 100%. We don't agree with him not having an agent. You know, and, and, hey, it, it goes on in the locker rooms. You know, I, I can certainly say I lend or helped uh, a player or two out in my career with like, hey, your, your agent, you know, they don't sound too good. You You need to... You need to meet Tom Condon, and, and, you know, you help out guys in the locker room that way. Odell Beckham Jr., as we've talked about, I mean, players love him. He's as charismatic as it comes as far as, you know, personality and, and getting people to like him, and, you know, you, you just he's, he's, he's amazing that way. He really is. So, you know, maybe he can get that done, but you're right. It's in his interest to get it done. Lamar, I think you're, you know, you said it right. You know, the deal that was thrown out to him last year, you know, make some adjustments there. 
you know, certainly deserves to be paid more than Jalen Hurts, right? I, 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 I don't think that's debatable. It's about finding the sweet spot, too, about, you know, I think for Baltimore is how long, you know, do we want to be committed down the road? Because, yes, injuries are piling up for a guy that plays the, 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 the position in a physical way. And I, that's the other thing I do laugh about this with Mike. For whatever reason, nobody worries about that with Jalen Hurts. But with Lamar Jackson, when I look on social media, that's all everybody talks about. Why would you pay a running back that? Why would you pay a running back that? But then with Jalen Hurts, nobody cares about it. It's a really weird psychological experiment if you look online right now. It is. Everyone's cool with Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson, that's crazy. Why would you pay a running back that way? And I just I don't understand that. I really don't. Well, because Lamar Jackson became the flashpoint for the broader conversation about guaranteed contracts, the union took up that cause, and it became polarizing, yeah, whether that's he right. meant for that to happen or not. With Jalen Hurts, what happened? It all happened very quietly. There wasn't any back and forth. There wasn't any public consternation. There wasn't any discussion. We got to the point where the window opened on Jalen Hurts' second contract back in January, and here we are in April, and the deal is done. All we ever heard was the Eagles saying, we want to do this deal. There was never any noise from Hertz or from his representatives. And that's the way you do it, to keep it from becoming the kind of thing that drives a wedge and that makes it harder to get a deal done. And it makes the player into a villain for some, a hero for others. You don't want that. You want to get your contract in the most inconspicuous way possible, and that's what Jalen Hurts did. And, and look, again, is his contract as good as the offer Lamar said no to last year? I don't think it is. And I guess one way to, to do this if you're Lamar right now, because you've made the $23.5 million that you were due to make in your option year, you offered me a five-year extension. Let's just do the five-year contract now that you offered with yeah. all the other guarantees in place. Give me the 133 for year one. Give me the 168 that vests by next year. Give me $50 million a year. Five years, two fifty. Let's bump it up a little bit. Let's throw a little on the back end to make it a fifty-two million dollar per year right, deal. Because right. we know that happens. There's a little hocus pocus yeah. on the back end that drives the average up, and that's one of the reasons why I'm very curious about this Jalen Hurts deal. Because yeah, because there's some rumors totally percolating. Cap right? numbers, right? It, it it could be there's some there's a little there's a little fat that's been dumped onto the back end right. to drive up the APY and allow him and his representatives to take a victory lap that they got the best contract in league history right. when you and that's why I want to wait to to dig into the details and see what's really there but there's things you can do to get Lamar to 52 that really don't affect the Ravens there's ways you can do it but I don't think it would be all that difficult when you take the Jalen Hurts deal you take the Lamar Jackson offer from last year I'd like to think that any agent any responsible reasonably intelligent agent could sit down with Eric DaCosta and work out a deal that Lamar Jackson should take. Even if it's less than what he wants, back to the $50,000 for his car, no one's going to offer you that. So at some point you got to say yes to some other offer or you're never going to sell that car. This may be his best chance. And yeah. and I, I, don't, I don't expect it to happen because no. it's going to require a shift in his thinking so fundamental at this point. And because it's all become polarizing and a flashpoint and he's – He's determined. He's hard-headed. He's stubborn. I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I am determined. I am hard-headed. I am stubborn. But there's a point where you have to recognize that those things are working against your best interests. I, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, you said it right. We've been saying that, right? I mean, we want to see him represented so he can get represented the right way so he can get his money. You know, it, it's uh, it's still it's a crazy situation. And like I said, what, what it what I don't like about it is it just. Again, I feel like it's like it's it's we're in the middle of a horror story for a player. That's where I don't like it. You know, I want the guy to I want you know CYA. I want him to be covered, so he's got financial security for a long time because he's special, and he showed us that already that he's special. I mean, come on, Lamar Jackson is generational. There's no doubt about that. But to ask for this, you know, crazy guaranteed contract with the style he played, like you've been saying, like we've been saying, it's just not realistic. And uh, I just don't know when anything's ever going to break through, you know, the Lamar Jackson camp to make them realize it. Here's what Charles Barkley said yesterday. In I saw this. On ESPN right. 850 in Cleveland. Lamar, you're playing with fire, brother. You're going to get burnt. These dudes are all billionaires. They're not going to let you screw up their business model. You've got to take the best deal. 
You've got to take the best deal. It's not even about Lamar. I know what they're saying behind the scenes. They're like, yo, man, if you give this guy guaranteed money, I'm going to have to give Justin Herbert guaranteed money. I'm going to have to give Joe Burrow guaranteed money. We can't give all these guys guaranteed money. Now, what he means is fully guaranteed contract because they all get guaranteed money. Yeah. He means a fully guaranteed contract at signing. Right. So he's right. And, and again, you know, to, back to my example from the other day. If all the buyers that are offering Lamar $30,000 for his car are colluding to hold the line, at a certain point, you just have to accept it. Yeah, that's what it the is. The offer isn't going to get any better. Right. You've got other avenues where you can pursue a collusion case, and they've already started that. They started it last October. It's already out there. At some point, you've got to say yes, or you're not going to get a contract. You're not going to play, and you're going to wonder what in the hell happened. What happened is you never said yes. At some point, you've got to say yes. So don't listen to us, Lamar. Listen to Charles Barkley. He's right on this. You've got to say yes at some point, and the Jalen Hurts contract gives you the opening to try to get something done that meshes what Hurts got with what you said no to last year. All right, let's take a break. Some great news coming out of Buffalo. We'll tell you what it is when PFT Live continues right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Over these last few months, um, I've been on a journey and I've seen, you know, some of the top professionals across the country and their answers to me were pretty much all the same they were the same and this event was life-changing but it's not the end of my story so I'm here to announce that I plan on making a comeback to the NFL my heart is still in it you know my heart is still in the game Uh, I love the game Um, it's something I want to prove to myself not nobody else you know Uh, it's just I just want to show people that that fear is a choice um, that, you know, you can keep going in something without having the answers and without knowing what's at the end of the tunnel. Or, you know, you might you might feel anxious. You might feel any type of way, you know, but you just keep putting that right foot in front of the left one and you keep going. I want to stand for that. Tamar Hamlin, not even four months from his heart stopping on the field in Cincinnati. It was the biggest story in all of sports, crossed over to mainstream news. It was scary. I'll never forget that hour and a half or so after it happened, once we realized. Remember, I think you and I both agreed, the moment that Josh Allen put his, his hands on his face, that it was something different than the usual precautionary measure that we see you know, every few weeks there's a guy who who they take off the field very gingerly. They're being careful. It's no, it's you know, it's nothing serious. We're just being precautionary. That was the moment it turned. It was a nightmare for Demar Hamlin, for the Buffalo Bills organization, for his family, and now here we are, April 18. He announces he's cleared to play. Brandon Bean, the GM of the Bills, said the same thing: cleared to play, and he is coming back. And look, I think there are going to be some psychological hurdles he's going to have to go over of before he. Puts himself in a uniform and goes back on a field. But he's determined to do it, and I think he understands. They've diagnosed, and this is a diagnosis of exclusion. You rule out everything else, and then you determine it was Commodio Cordis 
that very rare instant where you take a blow to the chest and your heart stops beating. It gets short-circuited by the impact. Extremely rare. Not some condition that he has to worry about happening again to him. And he's ready to return. Yeah, and, uh, It's going to be a great story to see him come back and play. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked just because I, I know enough about the guy through the grapevine to know that the guy loved football, right? We kind of heard that at the, at the time as well. And, you know, as we kind of said at the time too, you know what football players do? They play football. That's right. That, they damn right. You know, and that's what they want to do. It's their passion. It's their love. So, you know, one, I love it because of – it kind of ends some of the, you know, again, the, the worrying, the stigma that's out there that's negative about football and all that. And all these guys, gosh, this is such a brutal sport. Why do they do this and all that? Because they love it. Because we love it. Right? And you said it right. There's going to be some things to overcome there. You know, but one, you know, I know, I know that, you know, he made a comment right about, uh, the doctor said it would be good for his mental health, right? There, there, there was something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, that's what he loves. He, need, he wants to get back out there. And then the mental hurdles about, you know, oh, man, what's it going to be like the first time I hit somebody? Hey, listen, this is a situation that I could put myself in his shoes a little bit. You know, my situation wasn't quite as dire, but it was dire, as you know. And, yeah, that, you know, coming back that next year, playing in the preseason, which actually for me was, you know, way down the road. It was two years later. Yeah, there was a part of me, wait, what's it going to be like the first time I get smacked in the chest with some, you know, helmet when I'm throwing the football? What's it, Am I going to be okay? Is my scar going to split, op- split open, right? Am I going to be gun shy or scared to get hit or stuff like that, right? And yeah, without football, I was a miserable SOB. And I wasn't the same. My passion had been taken away from me. So I totally get it. I really am. And I'm, I'm happy for him. And um, I'm rooting for him as we all are. And the difference was for you, you had a permanent lingering effect with the removal of the spleen, the proprioception, having to relearn how to throw, yep. having to relearn how to move. For him, now that he's recovered from the cardiac arrest, He's the same guy that he was before. Yeah, it's great. He comes back. Yeah. Physically the same. Right. Mentally changed. Definitely. Physically the same. And right. we'll see how the mental aspect of it manifests itself. But uh, it's great news for him and it's great news for the Bills. He's already the overwhelming favorite to be the comeback player of the year at minus <laughs> 650 at most sports books and 86% implied probability. I don't know. I Look, I how does he not? Now, the AP, as we both know, Chris, doesn't give any real guidance on what it means to be the comeback player, other than this past year they wouldn't let me vote for Brian Robinson right. because he wasn't in the NFL in 2021. Well, he got shot in August, and he came back and played. If that isn't comeback player of the year, I don't know what is. Damar Hamlin, if coming back literally from your heart stopping and playing football again in any capacity isn't comeback player of the year, there's no other way to define it. So, uh, yeah, I can't even think of who else would be in the running. Maybe Deshaun Watson if he comes back and has an MVP caliber season. But even then, it's going to be a high bar to overcome. DeMar Hamlin died on the field, came back to life, and is back in the NFL. That truly is amazing. And it's amazing that it's only been less than four months. I yeah. thought this is a decision that would be made in July, not in April. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I think it just, again, I think it shows you that how much he, he loves it, and he wants to be a part of the, the process and the offseason, and he wants life to move in that direction. You know? and, and, hey, you know, even from a football standpoint, the guy's a good player, and the Bills need him. You know, as we know, the Bills, you know, they're, they're, their safeties are a little older. I mean, Micah Hyde's coming off a neck injury, right? Jordan Poyer's getting up there in age, right? So that's where this guy's also important to the football team, let alone, you know, hey, he's important to all of us because he's, he's kind of a – you know, a beacon of uh, hope, recovery, football love for, for all of us football fans out there. We've talked many times about how the Bills need to improve their weapons on offense. And Von Miller in the past had talked about efforts to get Odo Beckham Jr. to town. Obviously, that hasn't happened. He's with the Ravens now. Here's Von Miller from yesterday on working out with a different receiver. DeAndre Hopkins, and whether or not Hopkins would want to come play for the Buffalo Bills. Here's Miller. Yeah, I talk to Hop all the time, and um, 
You know, it's kind of like the thing. It's kind of like the same thing with, with OBJ. You just never know until you know. So, Hop said he wanted to be a Buffalo Bill, and you just never know until you get, you know, that DeAndre Hopkins signature on the contract. So, I don't, I'm not sure what you know circumstances are, or, or you know what's what's going on with that. But I would love to see you know DeAndre Hopkins be here, and I would love to you know have his skill set on our offense with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis. Like you know, how could we lose with those guys? doesn't exactly mesh with the video that we saw earlier this week when Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, was asked about four different teams. Remember? Right. Oh, wait, the Bills, it was yes. I'm yes. sorry. Jets and Patriots were the look yes. to the side. Bills and Chiefs Bills were the big were, yes. Was the, right. Bill, that's right. Bills were the smile to the camera. How could I forget that? I don't when know I how you could either. Not knowing See? what day it Here was. Here he goes. It's I'm 50. sorry. Oh, man, it's trouble for you. Yeah, that's it. It's the beginning. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so, yeah, so Buffalo Bills and they could use DeAndre Hopkins. We've already talked about that. It would make a difference. Yes. They need to make a difference. Right. They need somebody there who can make a difference in that offense, somebody that Josh Allen can throw the football to. Yeah, I mean, he would he would be great. And he's Josh Allen type of guy, too. And the fact that, you know, even when he's covered, he's not covered, like you see on some of these clips here. I mean, he's got some of the greatest hands in the history of football. He's people around him. He's awesome, right? He still can make plays down the field that way. He's a good route runner. I mean, of course they could use him. It's the number one issue we talk about with this football team. But the thing that, you know, I think is interesting with this particular conversation is something that you brought up a little bit, too. You know, one, hey, it's guy that's getting up there in age, right? It goes back to the OBJ conversation. We just paid a lot of money to guy getting up there in age with the Von Miller, and he got hurt. And Hopkins, yeah, it's a lot of money. And if he has a good year this year, is he going to want another contract? You know, so what do you got to trade for him? And, yeah, he was also, you know, injured in the PED thing. So that's the, you know, the tough part here about the DeAndre Hopkins trade and, you know, especially with Buffalo when it comes to them and and the the reasons you've laid out a few times this offseason. And Von Miller still recovering from the torn ACL that he suffered last year. Remember, at first, they acted like it wasn't a big deal. He could be back, and then all of a sudden, he gets surgery to repair the ACL tear. And they are paying good money to Stephon Diggs. He restructured his contract this year, and he's under contract through 2027. Uh, There are questions, though, about whether or not Diggs is all in. Uh, Someone told me he scrubbed all the Bills mentions off of social media. There was something that I think was more along the lines of an April Fool's Day gag about him wanting out. But we saw the gestures in the playoff loss to the Bengals, the fact that he got out of the locker room before he had to talk to reporters, and he seemed to be upset. Here's Josh Allen on Stephon Diggs, who isn't there for the start of the offseason program. It's Allen discussing those cryptic social media posts and whether everything is good between Allen and and his number one receiver, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steph's going to Steph. Um, you know, I, I love I love the guy. He, he really is. He's one of my favorite people on this planet. Um, he's so fiery. He's so competitive. He wants the ball in his hands 24-7. And, you know, I'm never going to not like a guy like that. You know, he, he wants what's best for the team. Um, you know, I know he's not here right now. And, I, you know, I wish he was here. But um, OTAs are a little bit of a different beast when it comes to all that stuff. But... Um, I'm just looking forward to getting back with him and working on things and, and continuing to get better because, again, he's the best receiver in the league and um, he helps us out a lot on this team. You know, it's funny. Anytime that we mention that players aren't present for the voluntary program, there is a segment of the audience that shouts down anything along those lines. It's voluntary. It's voluntary. It's irrelevant. It's voluntary. Look. It is a great barometer of whether or not everything is fine between player and team. If everything is completely fine between player and team, guess what? He's there. If the player's not there, then we're all on notice there may be something. And at a time when there's already evidence to suggest there's something, and your quarterback's saying, I wish he was here, how do you not interpret his decision to exercise his prerogative to not be present for voluntary workouts as an evidence, an indication, a little item of proof that things aren't where they need to be between the Bills and Stephon Diggs. Uh, it's yeah. simple. I hear you. I, it's, it's on our radar. At least for me, it's on our radar, right? You know, I mean, he's being paid appropriately, so that's not the issue. You know, is there frustration? Maybe. 
You know, at, 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 at you know, it's at, at some point I want to go, you know, okay. Yeah. You're not winning, but damn, you're, you're, you're the man and you guys are kicking butt and gosh, Josh Allen's the man and you're, you know, arguably the best combination in all of football right there. So I, I don't think you throw that away for anything. Everything makes sense there. That's why I'm not going to overreact quite yet. And I know, yeah, Stefan Diggs, it's certainly, there's some warning shots that are out there that you go, Ooh, is he, you know, frustrated or whatever. But I will say, too, man, Mike, more times than not, you know, I, I, I'm not going to panic until it gets to an OTA and he's not there. If, he, if we get to an OTA and he's not there, then I go, uh-oh. But there's lots of stars on teams the first week of, you know, hey, we're getting back to work out or the first two weeks of, hey, we're getting back to work out that don't come. They're, they stay with their trainer who they go with. It's better than the guy that's training our team. He's better, so I'm going to work out on my own. And I'll start to show up slowly but surely as the offseason goes along. So that's where I want to just go, let's see where it goes. You know, uh, I certainly have had that experience, you know, in, even in my career. Those big-time players, they don't always show up the first week or two of just the workout session part of the, the whole offseason program. So uh, we get to OTAs and he's not there, and then I'd start to go, uh-oh, there might be something wrong here. But when the quarterback says, I wish he was here, yeah, that's at least something that you you look at and say, is everything fine? Is everything okay? Is he considering his options? And what options does he really have? And look, this is the bottom line. Anytime there's a disgruntled player that tries to tweet his way out of his current team, and you are the team that gives him the safe harbor, the new start, the fresh beginning, there's a chance before too long he's going to feel the same way about you that he felt about his prior team. Sure. You're stepping into the shoes of the prior team and it may be good at first until it isn't good well and then you have a problem that you're going to have yeah, to solve and yeah it could be financially there's no way out of this for stefan diggs but you know i look I, well what what do you think he wants financially i mean he's getting you know if i got this right 24 million dollars this year i mean it's it's up towards the i mean there's only a few receivers making more than him adams and tyree kill you know and and you know, you're right. Like when you got a history, you always kind of pay attention to who does that bubble up again. But we, I mean, we both we've been around Stefan Diggs a bunch of times. Damn, he's smart. He gets the league. He's got to look at it and go, wait, I'm on the Bills and one of the better teams in football, and I got definitely one of the three best quarterbacks in football throwing me the ball. So that's where I, I, I guess just being around the guy, seeing how smart he is, I guess I have a hard time thinking he's that down the road of, oh, I'm mad at the Bills or whatever else or whatever it is. Uh, I, I have a hard time Chris, believing that. You're answering your own question. Yeah. He's smart. He understands the league. He understands what's going on. He understands that for whatever reason, the Bills aren't putting the team around their best players that other teams are putting around their best players. Yeah. It's all him. He's the one attracting all the attention. He's got no one to take the heat off of him. He's the guy who's fighting and scratching and clawing on every play to get open. There's no one else to draw the safety away. There's no one else to do anything to make uh, it easier agreed. for him to do his job. You don't job have to tell me. And You're to right. win games. Yeah. To win in the postseason. It needs to, to be more. To get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And to fulfill the potential that he and Josh Allen bring to the table. So he's frustrated in the middle of it we're frustrated on the outside saying right. what the hell are the bills doing right. or not doing to get the most out of these great players they have so yeah he's frustrated he's as frustrated as we are so yeah, you answer maybe your you're right. question there he's you smart enough to know yeah that something's more. wrong with this team okay maybe you know you're right all i'm all i'm saying is you know you be be careful you know you might end up being back on a team with Kirk Cousins or something right? you go oh damn oh Shut crap up. right <laughs> no, but, so you're saying he's going to be on the 49ers <laughs> next year <laughs> maybe no but that's uh but the but yeah i you might be right he might you might be right the, the, that that point there as far as that part of it goes you know you could be but what he could do to maybe you know, ease the the rumors and stuff, and then maybe just put out something on social media about how he loves Josh Allen, and there's, there's something there. But either way, yeah, we're all kind of paying attention, and yeah, maybe you're right, Mike, that he has the frustrations that we have, that they need more. They need another, you know, blue-chip player or two or three on that football team to get them over the hump. Here's Josh Allen on a topic that has come up multiple times this offseason, is the Bills try to strike the right balance between getting the most out of a dual threat quarterback and also 
keeping him healthy, Allen addressing the importance of protecting himself on the field. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm getting older. You know, it's like I can't, I can't continue to do this. I know when I'm using my youth, I, I feel like I can. Um, but over the course of my career, I'm going to have to learn to adapt and change. And, you know, I've always had the mindset of, of I've been a football player first and a quarterback second. And at some point, that's going to have to switch. At the end of the day, it's, it's just being smart with the football, smart with the body, and um, understanding situational football really better. You know, if there's a third down where we got to get it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes to get it. But if it's a... You know, second and ten, I got nine yards to go. No need to put the shoulder down and try to. We, we can get it on third and one with, with our players and, and trusting the guys around me. And, um, you know, and if not, so be it. We'll put Von Miller back on the field and let him go to work, too. So. You know, it's funny that Josh Allen says he's getting older. The best proof that a guy thinks he's getting older is when his hairdo gets younger. I mean, what's with his hair? He looks like he's getting ready for his third grade class picture. Can we pull that up? I mean, it looks good, but it looks very youthful. It's noticeably youthful in comparison to what his hair used to be. So maybe he is starting to feel it. Maybe he found a gray in there somewhere. I don't know. But there's only so many hits you can take. There's only so many years you can play. And all of a sudden, here he is entering year number six. Isn't that amazing how fast it goes? But he's in year number six. Like that, it's going to be year number 11. He's going to be 30. I remember when Ben Roethlisberger turned 30. I was like, holy crap. And I almost said the other word, but we can be coached, Matt. Holy crap, he's 30? This guy that was just drafted the other day is 30? But that's how it goes when you follow the NFL. And as you get older, it's amazing how quickly they get older, too. No, it is. It's, it's fly, it flies by. Uh, it does, and... Yeah, he's, you know, it, it's amazing. Him and Mahomes, you know, they're, they're growing up in front of our eyes here. And before we know it, we're going to be sitting here going, oh, man, they're kind of at the end of their prime now. And then it's just, uh, you know, he's a phenomenal football player. You know, yeah, we want to see him play and be healthy because, I mean, who delivers? He's up there with anybody in the sport, Mahomes or whatever, for delivering highlight plays to us on a Sunday when we're doing football night in America. Man, Josh Allen, every week is there at least two plays every game. Where he, oh, my gosh. You know, what the hell? Who can do that other than 15 in red? Uh, that's where he's amazing. And we want him to protect himself. I got to see it to believe it, though. You know, like he says it, and we've been talking about it for two years, and he talks about it every week and he talks about it to every broadcast crew when you hear a game and watch it live they always talk about oh Josh Allen's talking about protecting himself but we have seen zero inklings of the situation like he said so far it's second and 10 I'm about to get hit and there's nine yards to go he does lower the shoulder and tries to get nine more yards that's where you know I hope he can learn that but man I feel like we're almost a little too far down the road here to where I don't know if he's gonna learn it I've been doing the math here in my head and trying to remember the years that have gone by since Tom Brady left the Patriots. But since then, it's been, and Tom Brady left after the 2019 season. Right. Josh Allen's second year. He really came of age year three in his career. But since Brady left, what's it been? It's been Mahomes and Burrow going to the Super Bowl. That's it. And how many more years does Josh Allen have to watch Mahomes Burrow, or maybe even somebody else, Trevor Lawrence, Tuatonga Vailoa, Aaron Rodgers, go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC before the panic button is pressed. And I feel like that's the problem. When the window flies open for a team to get to a Super Bowl and or win it, if they don't get through it fairly quickly, it starts to become yeah, a, thing. a weight. Right. It starts to create pressure. And I feel feel like that pressure is there. I felt like it was there last year. I definitely believe it's there now. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of concern. And I know some of the folks up there don't like it when I say it, but when has that ever stopped me? At some point, people got to start worrying about their ongoing employment, either coach or GM, because it's somebody's fault that they don't have a team around Josh Allen that is able to get to a Super Bowl. And with each passing year that it's Mahomes or Burrow or someone else and not Josh Allen, it becomes more glaring, Chris. A lot of pressure on that team. And job number one, get this Stephon Diggs situation figured out. Job number two, use those draft picks. Job number three, win and get yeah. to the Super Bowl yeah. and win it for the first time ever. All right, we've got to take a break. Miles Garrett is retiring from the Pro Bowl. 
that is. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after. We retired from that crap a long time ago. Only thing that went through my mind was ain't no way. It was like my my friends and you know, some of my agent were like, do you, you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And the you know, first wall I jump up on hit hit my foot and my foot goes numb. I'm like, oh, damn, I just broke my toe. I'm thinking, hey, Brown's Twitter is going to go crazy right now. That's Miles Garrett talking about his injury from the Pro Bowl games, which definitely look like they entail physical risk. They definitely do. More risk than the game of two-hand touching full pads that the Pro Bowl had become. But he did get injured. And uh, this reminds me like the old, they would do those shows at Superstars or something like that. They'd have those made-for-TV competitions. But, yeah, you could you could injure yourself. You could tear an ACL doing that. You could blow out an Achilles tendon. I just think it's dumb. I think it's stupid, and I think it should go away. And there's Miles Garrett with his injury. So he will not be participating in the Pro Bowl in the future. He better have a pre-existing injury he can rely upon because the league and the union are going to pressure these guys to be there for the Pro Bowl games in the future. Um, I, I just, I, I, I just don't get it, Chris. And I understand they want to have that show on the Sunday between the conference championships and the Super Bowl that people tune in and watch. But you should not be putting your guys at any type of physical risk after they've gotten themselves through a football season, healthy enough to go do the stupid ass Pro Bowl games. Yeah, I, I listen. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I am. I mean, it, it is a risk. I don't, I don't know. You know, if I was a receiver or a DB, I don't know if I could do it. I don't. I mean, we saw some collisions in that game, right? Where you know things happened and guys trying to score a touchdown. I can't remember exactly who it was, right? I think Jalen Ramsey was involved in it a little. I mean, we saw. Who was it back in the day? I'm blanking on the name with the beach flag party, uh, flag football that almost lost his name. Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards. Right. I mean, Robert Edwards. Gosh, any of that could happen. I just, yeah, I think we're in a, a day and age where the sport is so big, the money's so big, the contracts these players are making. Yeah, obstacle course at the end of January and, and that kind of stuff. I just, it's, ooh, it's risky. I don't think I'd be wanting to do it. It really is astounding to me if the league cares about the health and safety of players, if it truly does, why are you having them go do something that they don't usually do? That's the other side of it, too. At least you practice and train to play football. I doubt that a whole lot of time goes into practicing and training to run this stupid-ass obstacle course. And, again... There's a, an element of hypocrisy in all this. We care about health and safety. Oh, we'll go ahead and play multiple Thursday night games, short week games every year. We'll play these games whatever day we want. It's not a health and safety issue. So anyway, uh, let's take a break. When we return, Deshaun Watson, once one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, what does he have to say to those who believe he can't get back there? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Deshaun Watson, first full season now with the Browns, where he won't have to worry about a suspension. He can hit the ground running as of week one. He was asked yesterday about those who would question whether he can get back to being the guy he was the last time he played a full season in 2020. I don't say anything. I mean, that's, you know, they're on, on the pants. Yeah, I know who I am. Uh, this, this organization know who I am. And the guys that I play with know who I am. And, um, you know, so, I mean, everyone have their own opinions of what, what they want to, you know, say or how, how they want to, you know, kind of just the fact of, of last year. But at the end of the day, you know, I have an opportunity to go out there and prove what I need to prove in 2023, and that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on what anybody else have to say. You know, Chris, here's the bottom line. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We get so caught up in the fully guaranteed contract and how that's affected Lamar Jackson People don't focus on what the Browns gave up by way of draft picks to get Deshaun Watson. Three first-round picks and more for four years. Because last year was a wash. Remember there was the story that the owners, there were some owners that didn't want him to be suspended for a full year because they didn't want to give the Browns five fresh years. Let's just ruin the first year but let him play enough so it counts so they get 
four years out of this contract and all that stuff they gave up to get him. Yeah, no, I, I think that was uh, exactly what that what went on right there in that situation. And yeah, they gave up a lot. But as we talked, that's the bed they made, and that's why you know again back to Lamar and all of that. It's, it's it's you know Deshaun got lucky that a team messed up so badly that they were so desperate that they went oh no the only way to get out of this is give them a contract that nobody wants to get them. Because we were canceled out first in the conversation of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And all of a sudden, we had to get back in it. So, yeah, you're right. It's crazy. But the player, I still have, I still have belief in the player. You, know, you, you can't judge on what you saw last year. You can take little inklings. And the inklings I look at and go, he's still athletic. His arm is still live, right? I know he can play. He just needs to get comfortable in the reps and all of that. I will be shocked if he's not... You know, one of the better quarterbacks we got in football this year. He can do it all. Great arm, every club in the bag, moves in the pocket, wants to throw within the pocket, good decision maker, can run if he needs to run, right? So there's nothing Deshaun Watson can't do on a football field. Now it's just about, yeah, reps, practice, being on the field, comfort level in the offense, all of that, and I expect him to be light years above where he was last year. A lot of organizational pressure. Yeah, you're right about that. To get this right from the top down. And they say all the right things about Coach Kevin Stefanski's not in any trouble. If they disappoint this year, I think all options are on the table for next year because Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the team, is going to feel compelled to get something great out of the Sean Watson. Let's take a break. There's supposedly a great bid out there for the commanders, far greater than the winning bid why is no one talking about it we'll talk about that a little bit right after this hello yeah hello hello yeah we got him yeah you should have been here 10 minutes ago you hear that you hear that? Hello, hello. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Do you hear that? You should have oh, been I got here you. 10 me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Good, good. You should have been here five minutes ago. I hear you. Yes. Good, good, good. Five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember that. Uh, did you? No, because you couldn't hear me. You weren't here with the technical issues. So I was there and you weren't there. So I was having fun talking crap to you there. <laughs> did we have the show that day we had the show right it was just we had the show that ago. day but you had okay. the electrical outlet problem or whatever the hell That's you had nice. right yeah so you know we thought oh wait there's been some issues you text us the night before hey there's been some issues let's check if it all works and you showed up at 658 and 30 seconds to check if it works for the 7 a.m show <laughs> it worked it worked <laughs> yeah right? right i think it worked that was the morning at listen that was the day that I was on less than two hours of sleep. That was the day after the house almost caught on fire because the generator went bad. They just came yesterday and replaced the voltage regulator. Apparently, that's an important piece of equipment. A generator, if it doesn't have a voltage regulator, just sends volts wherever it wants and almost burned down the house. Damn. Makes you wonder why you even have a generator. What's the point of having this thing outside your house that could burn the house down when the power goes out? Well, what did you, you do? You didn't pay out, for the voltage regulator? You probably cheaped out. And we're like, what? It's $7 no, it for the voltage regulator? <laughs> it broke. I already all right. spent all uh, this money in that cheap Florida rock crap. Now I got to spend $8 on a voltage regulator? I don't know what to do. <laughs> you done? I'm done Are you now. done now? I'm good. <laughs> Are you done? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it definitely doesn't cost $7 billion for a voltage regulator. <laughs> That's what Brian Davis Ooh. reportedly is putting together to try to get the commanders away from Josh Harris. And this is so weird because all of last week it was – Josh Harris, Josh Harris, and a little bit of mystery about Steve Apostolopoulos or maybe Jeff Bezos, but it became more and more clear Josh Harris is buying it for $6.05 billion. Then over the weekend, reports emerged that Brian Davis has a $7 billion bid for the Commanders. And there's been more reporting and more discussion. He did an interview with WUSA last night. He was on the Sports Junkies 106.7 The Fan in D.C., Earlier today, I'm going to listen to that whole interview and try to make sense of it. I've seen some stuff on Twitter that I don't know what's accurate and what isn't. But here's the bottom line. If you are going to own the team, if you're going to be the primary owner of a team that you're paying $7 billion for, you got to have in cash, not literally, 
you got to be able to transfer the value of $2.1 billion. You got to own 30% of the team yourself. You can't borrow for any of that. You can borrow the rest. There are limits on how much you can borrow from banks. You can get a partnership group together, which is what Josh Harris has done. Josh Harris has the minimum of 30%, and others have different percentages. Magic Johnson, 4%, for example, $240 million, just for 4% of the team. Good Lord. But for Brian Davis, he's got to have $2.1 billion that he can acquire that 30% with. And then he's got to have the resources to run the team afterward. You got to pass rigorous financial examination to be the primary owner of an NFL team. And I look at it this way: Hey, maybe the guy's got two point one billion, but if he does, he's he's the most uh, secret and clandestine billionaire the world has ever seen. Because it's hard to hide when you're a billionaire. How does this guy that no one has ever heard of that played basketball for Duke, played for the Minnesota Timberwolves for a couple years, and then by all appearances and accounts disappeared? He's got $2.1 billion that he can use to buy a football team all of a sudden? Congratulations if it's true, but there's just something about it, Chris, that doesn't seem right. Well, obviously. I mean, and, and like, it, it, yeah, there's obviously something there. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, like you're talking about there. Is it too late, Mike? Like, you know, or is, is, it, is it already done with the Josh Harris thing here? Like, period? Or can this actually still happen? Is the NFL still looking into who's helping him out and his team or whatever? Like, yeah, where I don't I don't know where does this go? If it's a real seven billion, it's not too late. Bank of America, which is handling the transaction, has a clear interest financially in getting the most money because the as the industry operates, they get a piece of the transaction costs. So the more they sell it for, yeah. the more they get. But it's got to be real. It's got to be real. And there's been no indication to think it's real. It feels like some sort of strange PR campaign. And the guy is getting free publicity. We're talking about him now sure. when we otherwise wouldn't have been. But it just seems odd to me that it happens out of the blue. It's significantly more than the $6.05 billion. And I, I, the question I want answered is, does this guy have $2.1 billion that he can immediately transfer to acquire ownership of the team and be the primary owner. There's been talk about Middle Eastern money. Right, he denied that, that yeah. there's any Saudi Arabian money. It's right. just, it's there's something strange about all of it, and the fact that it doesn't seem to be taken seriously by the league underscores something's not right. Yeah. Um, stay tuned because uh, I'm putting together an eight billion dollar package. To <laughs> yeah. Far. Good luck. Take a quick break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. You know, before we take any questions, quite frank, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not f***ing leaving. There's never really been any substantive discussions of the sort. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. It should have been somebody other than Nick Casario, though, because that's not Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's right. Matthew that's McConaughey. McConaughey, right, Wall right. Street. Yes, yes. So Great I don't know movie, who it would though. have been. Who would it have been? Cal McNair? I don't know. Uh, D'Amico Ryans? I don't know. Uh, but we started the show with the sort of Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike and Scott Fitter, and we finish <laughs> it with the guy who made the DiCaprio reference earlier this week in Nick Casario. Yeah, that's, that's all right. I got. Yeah. Nick, Nick's, uh, it's, it's a big week here for Nick Casario coming up. The draft's going to be awesome, certainly. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I still am a little bit like of like where did those all those rumors come about from him leaving, and we'll have our eye on that for sure. Are you working tomorrow or not, 420? I've been. Do? I don't want to. I'm going to ask the, the bosses to let me off. I don't, I've been working every day, no days off. I'm go- Either way, yeah. whatever it is, I'll be the last to know. I'll find okay. out tomorrow morning. I like that. As You'll forget. You. You're old. See you Thursday. See ya. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.